Please pray with me again. God, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this time. And now as we turn to your word, we ask that you would quiet our hearts, that you would calm our spirits, that you would open our eyes and open our ears to see what it is that you have to show us and to hear what it is that you have to say to us. I pray, God, that you would speak clearly through me in this moment. I pray that you would be highly glorified, that you would be highly magnified, that your beauty would be on display, and that you would speak the words of life to those who need to hear it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, so good to be back with you this morning. And I just want to give you a heads up uh, as we head into this time. Uh, this is going to look just a, it's going to feel a little bit different than maybe the past few weeks have. Uh, this is going to be less of an expository sermon. And I know a lot of you are like, I don't even know what that means. So don't worry about it. Just go with it. And it's going to be a little bit more devotional. Uh, primarily, it's going to be a devotion for myself, but I'm inviting you in on it. Uh, I just want to spend some time sharing, hopefully from my heart, about the announcement that the elders have just made and kind of what that means and what I think, at least big picture wise, what that might mean going forward. It's still going to be under the umbrella of the Church on Mission, which is the series that we've been working through this summer. Um, But if any of you have ever swam in open water, you know that every once in a while, it's a good idea to stick your head up and look around and make sure you're still headed in the direction you want to be headed in. So that's what today is going to be. We've been swimming hard talking about community and discipleship and sacrifice. And today I just want to lift our heads up, look around, make sure we're headed in the right direction, and then we'll get back to the church uh, the specifics of the church on mission uh, as we move forward. So I want to start just by saying uh, a few things about the announcement that was just made about my role here at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Um, I I speak on behalf of Beth and my children when I say um, it is incredibly humbling, it is an incredible honor, and it is an incredible privilege to have this opportunity to serve at Abundant Life like this. I want to make this really clear. I want to say this really clearly. We love Abundant Life. We love Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. And we have felt so much love from all of you. I want to say thank you to all of you for how kind you have been and how encouraging you have been and how supportive you have been. Uh, You know I say this all the time, so forgive me for saying it again, but I mean it. You can't know what your encouragement and your love and your prayers on our behalf have meant for us. So from the bottom of my heart, Thank you for how you have loved us. Who could have known when we got here two years ago what these two years would look like and all the changes and challenges that they would bring. But we feel like God has so clearly led us to this place uh, and we are really excited for what is ahead. I also in this moment just want to say uh, thank you to the elders who in this really uh, unprecedented, weird and challenging season have been totally supportive and loving and encouraging towards me and my family. Um, I was in 2 Samuel a little bit ago, and there's a great verse in 2 Samuel 7 where David is praying to God. And uh, not that I'm comparing myself to David at all, but I love what he says there, and I have felt that in this season for us as well. He says to God, Who am I and what is my house that you have brought us this far? But this is a small thing in your eyes. And Beth and I feel the same way. Who are we? And what is our house that God has brought us to this place? And yet this is a small thing in God's eyes. Now, as this announcement has been made, uh, there are, I'm sure, some of you whose reaction is something along the lines of, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. He's been here. He's, he's been preaching this whole way and doing this online thing. 
and probably some of you are even like, oh, I already thought that was the case, like no big deal. And so that's great, <laughs> thank you. Um, but I also suspect that there are some people on hearing this announcement um, who are probably thinking something along the lines of, like really, this guy, he, he's too young, he's too inexperienced, frankly, he's too white. And I just want you to know, and I say this in all sincerity, I completely agree. I completely agree with all of those statements. I know, and I was reminded of this earlier this week, um, I know there's a little bit of a Pastor Gary shtick with kind of this self-deprecating, uh, you know, I'm kind of quick to make fun of myself and make myself the butt of jokes. Um, and so what I'm about to say, I just want to tee it up as this is not false humility, what I'm about to say. This is not me fishing for compliments or anything. You don't have to email me and tell me you're wrong. I'm saying this in all sincerity. I am a nobody. I, 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 bring so, I bring so little to the table and I know that and I recognize it. As I sit here in this moment, I am totally aware of the legacy at Abundant Life, of the legacy of leadership and the caliber of leadership and the legacy of preaching and teaching and the caliber of preaching and teaching. I am aware in this moment of the history of Abundant Life and I know the challenges and the valleys and the hurts that this church has walked through in the last decade or so. I'm aware, I know about uh, the multi-ethnic church movement, particularly in the United States, and I know that it is, it is a very small percentage of churches that are truly multi-ethnic in the way that we are here at ALCF. And I also know that there is a push amongst the multi-ethnic church movement to have less white people leading multi-ethnic churches and more people of color leading multi-ethnic churches. And so I know all of these things, and I want you to know I have wrestled with all of them in these past weeks. I have talked to God about them. I have talked to my wife about them. I have talked to the elders about them. ALCF is a special place. I mean, look, it's got warts. I know it does. I, I know them intimately. Every place does. It's because we got people here, and, and people have baggage and issues. But ALCF is a special and unique place. It, the, the, this place, ALCF is full of people who are, are living on mission for God in a place that it is hard to live on mission for God. This place is full of people who love God and, and as we talked about last week, are literally laying down their lives for the sake of Him and for His kingdom. Uh, ALCF is diverse in a way that very few churches in the world can say are diverse. We are diverse across ages and across ethnicities and across socioeconomic statuses. It is an amazingly beautiful picture of what heaven is going to look like. And it is an amazingly beautiful picture for our world of what the gospel of Jesus Christ can do in a community of people who don't look the same, who don't talk the same, who don't vote the same, who don't like the same things. They can come together and be a, a family, a, again, a dysfunctional and 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 sometimes, sometimes ornery family, but a family and do life together and, and live on mission for God. And it is a beautiful thing. And my, the prevailing thought in my head, I'm getting to a point, the prevailing thought in my head over these past days and weeks has been, I don't want to mess it up. I don't, it is, it is such a beautiful thing that is here at Abundant Life. And I don't want to be the one that messes it up. And I just want to share with you the, what I feel like God has been telling me in recent days, and it is this. It is, it, it is not mine to mess up. 
And so I come into this role uh, humbly and, and, and yet with a quiet confidence because I feel like God has been saying to me, don't give yourself so much credit. Like, this is not your church. It's not yours to mess up. And, and so I am standing on that today. This is God's church and he is going to do what he wants with it. And, and as feeble and as, as limited as my gifts and skills are, he can overcome that. We could have, we could have a well-trained donkey as the lead pastor of this church. And it would be okay if Jesus Christ was at the center and if God's power was flowing through it. And so I just want us to know, I want you to hear from my heart today that though I know I have a lot to learn and I have a long ways to go and I bring so little to the table that I am not that worried about it. Sometimes I am because, because it's not my church and it's not the elders church. It is God's church and he is going to do what he wants with it and he is going to build it in the way that he wants and all we need to do is run hard after him and hang on for the ride. So I am excited, I am excited, excited, excited about what God has in store for Abundant Life. And in light of those comments, I wanna share a passage with you that uh, I have just gone to over and over again in these past few weeks. It has been such an encouragement to me and I hope that it will be an encouragement to you this morning as well. It's in 1 Corinthians, it's chapter two, and I'm gonna read verses one through five. 1 Corinthians chapter two, verses one through five. It says this, And I, when I came to you, brothers, now, this is the Apostle Paul. Sorry, I should have said this before I started. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. The Apostle Paul is, after Jesus Christ, the single most influential Christian who has ever lived, who has ever walked the earth. He did more things to grow God's church and to bring his kingdom to earth than anyone except for Jesus himself. And this is what he says when he writes to the church in Corinth. Listen to these words, 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, brothers and sisters, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you hear what he's saying in those five verses? And I just love it so much. He says it in some other places in his letters, but he says it so clearly here. What he is saying in those verses is that it is not the messenger who counts. It is the message. It doesn't matter who the messenger is. It is the message that counts when it comes to the gospel, when it comes to the truth about who Jesus is and what he has done. I, I think it's pretty cool that the announcement that was just made was made in the middle of our Church on Mission, the Church on Mission series. And, and probably that's not an accident because I suspect there are some of you now who are like, all right, Gary's gonna be the pastor at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship, so what's his plan? What's his vision? What are we gonna, what, where, where do we go from here? And in a lot of ways, this series that we've been in for the last, whatever, five, six, seven weeks, whatever it's been, that, that's the answer to that question. I, we've been talking about what I think a church looks like based on what God has set forth in his scriptures. And yet, at the same time, I think these verses that I just read today encapsulate so much of what we have been talking about a church on mission 
looks like. And so I just want to draw out really quickly in the next few moments two things that I love in these five verses, two things that I think speak to exactly what a church on mission looks like and things that, are, that literally in, encompass my prayer, my dream, my hope for what abundant life might be as a church. The first one is this. It is always, only, and ever about Jesus. It is always, only, and ever about Jesus. Looking back at verses 1 and 2, Paul says, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. I didn't come, I didn't come with fancy packaging. For Verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I love it. I love the simplicity of it. He is saying in the Christian walk, in the Christian faith, in the church, there is one thing that matters. There is one central focus. There is one foundation upon which everything else is built. There is one centripetal force around which everything encircles and moves closer and closer towards, and that is the person of Jesus Christ and the fact that He was crucified on a cross. I believe with my whole heart, so much so that I have staked my life on it, that Jesus Christ is the God-man, that He is real, that He is alive, that 2,000 years ago, He came to earth, He walked this earth, He lived a perfect sinless life, He died an unjust death, an oppressive death at the hands of unjust oppressors. Yet in that death, He died the death that you and I should have for our sin. But he didn't stay dead. Three days later, in the power of God, check verse 5 of our, of our passage. In the power of God, he was raised from the dead. And in that moment, he defeated sin and death forever. And he opened up a relationship with God that was intended before sin messed it up. I believe that Jesus Christ at this very moment is sitting at the right hand of God in power. And I believe that someday he is coming back to restore the earth and to make all things new. I believe that He is the central, only, and most significant force in all of human history. And I believe that He is the only thing that His church should be built on. It is always, only, and ever about Jesus. He is the only hope for a world that is literally burning around us. I believe so much that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the, it, I, I want ALCF to be a place where we know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified because we are living in a community, in an area, in a time in history that is desperate for the hope that only the message of Jesus Christ can bring. I don't know if you have noticed, but our world is both literally and figuratively on fire. I was, um, you know, obviously we've all been feeling the effects some of us more, more close to home of the fires that are burning all around the Bay Area right now. Um, I, was so, I was so discouraged and I was so heartbroken. And it's, like, it's more than that. I was so frustrated and angry and disappointed at the news about Jacob Blake and, and the police shooting him this week in Wisconsin. It's like, it's, like I said in my prayer earlier, it's like there's just this... this, this this systemic injustice, this, this, this historical sin for our country that is just sitting there right below the surface and, and it just keeps 
it keeps bubbling up over. And one of my kids this week, um, un not knowing about what had happened in Kenosha, asked my wife uh, if racism was getting better. And I thought her answer was uh, to explain why it wasn't was so good. She said this, and, and actually you can just kind of expect, usually if I say something good in my messages, it came from somebody else and often it's from her. So she gets a lot of credit if there's anything good that I say. But this is what he told, she told our child. She said, it's like these fires that are burning all around us right now. There are years, there is years of debris that has been building up all on the floors of the forest. There's years of sin and debris that has been building up all over the floors, the, the ground of our country. And, and every once in a while, we get a lightning strike that lights up that tinder that has been waiting, that is just so ripe to be set on fire. And all of a sudden, before we know it, it's an inferno. And so what has been happening in these forest fires around us is, is what we've seen happening this year with, with the, the George Floyd incident and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and now Jacob Blake. It's like, it's, it's all this stuff that's just waiting to light up and it just takes one lightning strike to light it up. And I believe with my whole heart that, that, that the only true source of hope for the, for the place we find ourselves in, in this moment, in our culture, in our society, in our country, is the message of Jesus Christ. I believe that, that Jesus Christ is the only one who takes hearts of stone and changes them to hearts of flesh. And so my dream, my hope, my prayer for ALCF is that we will be a community that knows, that has determined to know one thing, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified because He is literally the hope of the world. We have a message that the world around us is, is dying to hear. Jesus Christ is the, is the anti-inflammatory. He is the fire retardant material. He is the, Jesus Christ is the endless source of living water that can put out the fires that are burning all around us. And we need to know him at Abundant Life, not just as a peripheral friend who's one among many, but as the central, foundational, and most important thing. It is the one note that I am going to play for as long as God has me at Abundant Life over and over and over again. It is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. May we determine to know as a church one thing, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now, as I, am, as I want to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a pretty good job in this moment of speaking out of both sides of my mouth because I'm going to say there's actually one other thing that is the most central thing. So, so I think Paul says in these verses that Jesus Christ and Him crucified, Jesus is the always, only, and forever it is Jesus. But there's one other thing that is always, only, and forever, and that is the power of God. Verses 3 to 5, Paul says, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. This is the greatest Christian evangelist who ever lived. And he says, my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstrations, demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It is always, only, and ever the power of God. We are so tempted always to do things in our own power, to do things. We are so tempted to love the packaging, 
more than what's inside the package. And Paul is saying in this passage that the, it's the packaging that doesn't matter. It's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 when he says we have this treasure in jars of clay. It is not the messenger. It is the message. And that is so that you won't look to the messenger, but that you will look to the message because in the message is found the power of God. It is about God's power, not our own. And that is going to be, I want that to be the central theme of anything we ever do at Abundant Life. It is the power of God. We are lost without power. If I can just take it to to our current cultural moment here in the Bay Area, a lot of us had threats of rolling power outages here in the last few weeks in the midst of that insane heat. Some of us didn't have threats. Some of us actually felt the, the, some of us actually felt the loss of power. When we get that notification that the power might go out, it's like we start freaking out because we are lost without power. Any of you who drives an electric car, you know that. You better not run out of power because you are done. And the message of this book is that when we try and do things in our own power, the promise is that we will run out of power. But God is like, is like the, the portable power pack because his spirit is living inside of us. He is the portable power pack that we take with us everywhere we go and the juice never runs out. It is about the power of God and I want us at ALCF as a church on mission to be, to be radically sold out to doing everything we can to avoid doing things in our power and to run hard after God and to lean into his power because his power is the only thing that can accomplish anything. Um, I I saw this week that Doc Rivers, who's the coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, the basketball team down in Los Angeles, um, after the the NBA and so many other professional athletes uh, boycotted their games this week in response to the shootings in, uh, in Kenosha, He said this, uh, he said in an interview, he said, it is not the NBA's job to change the world, but we're a part of the world, and so we need to speak up. Something like that, I'm paraphrasing it. It's the first half that 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 stuck out to me. He said, it's not the NBA's job to change the world. And that made me think about the church. And I might be getting a little bit optimistic, but I don't think I am, because again, it's the message of this book. It actually, when we are in the church, it actually is the church's job to change the world. We are actually called, the church on mission is called to be a world changer. But we cannot do that in our power. As we've talked about so many times in the past few weeks, it is not going to be great sermons or super gifted worship or amazing programs that change the world. It is going to be the power of God that changes our community and changes our world. I want us to be a church on mission, Abundant Life, here in the Bay Area because I believe with my whole heart that we are called to change the world. I believe that we can change Mountain View because we are here. I believe that we can change the Bay Area because we are here. And I know some of you are probably thinking that's too optimistic, that's too lofty, that's, you know, you'll, you'll, figure, out, you'll figure out how hard that is in due time. And maybe that's so, but I also know that we serve the God who says what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so it is in his power that we are going to lean into that because it is always only and forever about Jesus. And it is always only and forever done in his power. That's it. That's my plan. And that is my vision in a nutshell 
for Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. Jesus at the center. Jesus always at the center. And everything, everything possible done in God's power and not our own. Uh, if, if we were to go uh, into our community, go to the local Starbucks, not obviously maybe during socially distant life, but uh, if we were to ask people in our community, what is it that you want to get out of life? What are your goals? What are your goals for your life? I, I think the average answer, now here in the Bay Area, we might get some, some weird ones, some different ones. Like my goal is to invent a flying car. Actually, people are probably working on that. But like I'm just talking about the average person, not the Bay Area average person. The, if you ask the average person, like what are you trying to get out of life? Probably the answer for most people is going to be something like this. I mean, I just, I would love to have a good job that's secure. I'd love to have job security. I would love to make enough money that I don't have to worry about money. I'd like to own my own house. I'd like my kids to be well-adjusted and get into good colleges. Uh, I'd like to go on two or three great vacations a year. And if I can just kind of stay healthy and ride that out through the rest of my days, that would be, that would be a good life. If we were to ask the average Christian, what do you want to get out of life? I think the answer for so many would be pretty much the same. And I think that's a problem because that is not the life that God calls us to. That is not the life of discipleship that Jesus Christ calls us to. He's calling us to so much more. When I left my job five years ago and when we sold our house and a, and 50% of our stuff and loaded up a U-Haul with our three kids and drove to Boston to go to seminary with a bunch of people who were 10 years younger than me and didn't have any kids. And, 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 and I suffered, struggled through graduate school in my mid-30s, hemorrhaging assets, wondering, like, is this really what God has called me to? When I did all that and we came out here to California, to the Bay Area, one of the most expensive and difficult places to live in this entire country. I did not do all of those things so that I could at one point slip back in to the Christian version of the American dream. That is not what I want. Well, it's what, it, it's what my flesh wants, but it is not what my spirit wants because I know that Jesus Christ calls us, those who follow him, to so much more than that. We did not want to just just ride out our life, searching out as much comfort and ease and security as we could, living for the next vacation or the next new car or the next kitchen remodel. We wanted to live a life radically sold out to Jesus Christ and his gospel. We wanted to do what we talked about last week. We wanted to lay down our lives such that we would actually receive them back with everything added to it. We wanted to live our lives in such a way that we made it look like we believe that the words of this book are actually true. And I am not saying, as you've heard me say many times, that if you really want to follow Jesus, you do all those things and you go to seminary and you go into full-time ministry. That is not what I'm saying at all. That was his call on my life. But here's my dream. My, the dream of my life, the prayer for my life, is that I will get to live out my days in a community of people who are walking, who are running, who are struggling hard to follow Jesus with their whole lives, who are holding each other accountable, who are loving each other, who are encouraging each other towards love and good deeds, 
who are helping each other, who are providing for each other. I want to live in a community of people who are, who are, who are laying down their lives for the sake of the gospel. I want to live in a community of people who are discipling each other, who are being discipled by each other, who are making disciples of all nations. I want to live in a community of people who are choosing to sacrifice for the sake of Jesus Christ and the message of hope and salvation that is found in him. I want to live in a community of people who are who are fighting together, side by side, arm in arm, hand in hand, for, for justice and peace and reconciliation and compassion, who are fighting together to make known the glorious message of the King of the universe who has laid down there his life on behalf of those he loves. I wanna, I wanna live in community with a, a group of people who are together kicking in the gates of hell. And it is my great hope and prayer and dream that ALCF will be that community, will be that group of people I, as I said earlier, I cannot be everything that ALCF needs a pastor to be. I cannot do everything that ALCF needs a pastor to do. I can't be and do everything that my family needs me to be and do, but I know the one who can. I know the one who can be everything ALCF needs it to be. I know the one who can do everything ALCF needs it to do. When I survey the trajectory of my life, when I look back on where God has brought me and I see that in every season and in every circumstance, he has filled every gap. I just know that, that, that he is going, as the song says, he is going to do it again and he is going to do it again and he is going to do it again. And if he has done it for me, he will do it for you and he will do it for this church. When our backs are against the wall and we don't know where to turn, he'll make a way. We are in good hands, and I am so excited about what the future holds at Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. It is such a privilege to join with you and to, 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 to in, in, in the power of God, live life as a church on mission. It is about one thing. It is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. God, that's, that's my prayer. Uh, that is the cry of my heart. And, and, and so we ask, God, that you will, in your power, empower those of us who call Abundant Life Christian Fellowship their church home. Empower us not to just circle the wagons and face in, but to face out and to go out and to step out into the world because you have called us out, because you suffered outside the gate and you call us to meet you outside the gate because here we have no lasting city, but we are seeking a city that is to come. And so God, we ask that you would, you would, you would allow us to always keep Jesus at the center. Always Jesus, always, only, and forever. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that you will so fill us with your power that we can live lives that reflect what you actually call your disciples to be in your word. We love you so much. We have... We, have, we are hopeless without you. We are lost without you. And even in this crazy, discouraging season, God, we find our hope, we find our peace, we find our joy, we find our treasure in you. May you allow us to walk with you and to walk with each other. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you uh, for bearing with my, my ramblings this morning. I trust, I hope that you're encouraged uh, and I hope that you're excited.
because um, there are good days ahead. Uh, please receive the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace until we meet again or until our Savior comes and then forever. Amen. Uh, you are loved, you are prayed for, and you are sent.